Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, guys. Joshua Fisher here along with Alexander Tosopoulos, Nick Kreider, and Quan Cosby. It's the Horns Up Talking Texas pod episode two. So put your horns up because here we go. We're back again, guys. It was a crazy week, to say the least, last week. Uh, obviously, <laughs> we had a lot to talk about with the whole SEC situation. We're back again. The dust has somewhat settled, I guess. There's 2025, there's 2022. Mm-hmm. I get you, everyone. There's still some things and kinks to be worked out. Quan, I know you had a... We recorded last Monday, released on Tuesday, uh, and you had your meeting on Thursday with some of the higher-ups. Now, without ruining any friendships because we don't want you to do that, at least in episode <laughs> two. Is there anything you can reveal to the people out there that they maybe didn't catch in the first go around? Man, you know what you say, the dust is settling. And yeah, I was just reading about Jay Hartzell taking questions for, from legislators. And so asking him when the conversation started, all the above. So um, it, it certainly has made some progress. And from a media standpoint, it slowed down a little bit, but from a logistics and Bowlesby's in town. Um, uh, other um, presidents are in town. It's it's still getting crazy. It was cool to go out to uh, Tyler and I had a, had a good conversation with um, with our border regent Kevin L. Tyfe. It, it wasn't a he, most of what he said. He kind of said to everyone, so it wasn't a closed type meeting type thing. The schedules got all pretty crazy on plane flights and all that. So it was really a. Uh, one-on-one conversations and, and I think some of ESPN do they ESPN and everyone was there. So it was wild. I think the coolest thing he said to me was he was a super early Senator uh, back in the day when AM were was thinking about leaving and they were getting lectured, like we're getting lectured now. And right before he left that meeting, he told the AM chancellor and president, man, I'm a longhorn through and through, but do what's best for AM. You know, and, and I thought that was pretty cool. And he kind of ended his speech with, so now I'm going to take my own advice. And, and ultimately, that's what's happening with, with the move and his involvement. So that was really cool. And then we talked, you know, some about, you know, clearly he's gotten blown up by everybody on the planet. And uh, he, just, uh, he just said that he told them they were about four years too late. I think we talked a little bit about that. I said two because of the whole realignment deal, but he said it was four, you know, and so uh, and nothing earth shattering that, w- that we didn't know, but uh, pretty cool confirmation either coming from him, uh, President Harsel and CDC. And so it was it was just a good conversation to have. They even took Q&A to a certain level of it. But uh, the move is working, man. They, they have their hands full legislatively now and I don't think it'll get to the litigious stage because if they get through legislation, it's a done deal, which um, that's what I believe it's going to be. And, and last but not least, we keep talking about you have to, because of contracts, say 220, you know, 2025. Mm-hmm. Um, it is in all of theirs, uh, their intentions that this thing is done. This is the farewell season for the Big 12, or at least from a Texas and OU standpoint, maybe they try to you know, get add some teams and keep the Big 12 around. But from a Texas OU standpoint, they've taken every step needed to to, to be playing the SEC in 2022. So your prediction, they're for sure playing the SEC in 2022. Um, <laughs> my <laughs> prediction is yes. Uh, it, it really it's is. so awkward if they didn't. Like, we'd just be sitting here that's for the a couple thing. Of years. Well, it's going to be awkward this year anyway. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Something we need to talk about is, 
are the Big 12 refs going to be mad and we're not going to get a call all year? Are, you know, the fans, are fans going to go to away games? Thank the Lord they're not going to love it. But if they go to Ames and, and say they go to, you know, well, Arkansas, that's, that's, that's where we're going soon anyway. But um, some of the uh, Morgantown, they, they go to these places. They're not going to be very happy. And so it's just it's, it's you're putting fans certainly in a little bit of danger just because of the situation. And kids, I've been in stadiums where they've thrown batteries. They've thrown things at us, water, beer bottles. You yeah. name it. The so, West Virginia uh, kids, especially. I don't know why. Yeah. I listen, I'm not going to be presumptuous, but I am actually <laughs> going to be presumptuous. I don't know. Those fans, honestly, they seem just too drunk and rowdy. So you got to expect the unnexpected from them, I feel. I was going to say, in addition to what we've already seen in other sports from fans just uh, being, yeah. we'll be you know, back ve- in the very home. easy yeah. to say whatever they want, do whatever they want. And then you, <laughs> you know, you make all yeah. those fans 18 to 22 year olds and it, it gets even tougher, right? Like, or the oh, majority, the point. majority of those fans, you know, you get them younger and some of them overserved, and uh, <laughs> things could potentially get dangerous. Yeah. That's definitely something that they're going to have to keep an eye on the security of, you know, not only DKR, but any, any away stadium that we head to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's for sure. And, and speaking real quick on West Virginia, they're so cr- They shut down a hospital parking lot on game day. Oh that my is God. insane. <laughs> I, dude, and so That's the first time cool. I went there, I, it, it, it is. So <laughs> it's cool and crazy at the same time. Yeah. I thought it was a part of campus, and I asked a fan who <laughs> invited me to drink some things that I don't think are legal. Um, you know, the, the moon's coming out tonight, but we won't talk about that. Yeah. But the, Shining I, I bright. Declined. Shining bright. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I declined. And then um, I said, man, that's a pretty cool looking portion of the campus. What is it? And the fan just started laughing. He was like, uh, nah, bro, that, that's the hospital. That's our hospital. <laughs> I said, and I started looking at the, where the gauges were. I was like, where, where the hell do you park on game day? He said, don't get sick on game day. <laughs> I yeah. was like, holy cow. No inpatients. <laughs> These I people mean, are crazy. Yeah, so, it's like one of those situations where you see someone on Halloween dressed like an absolute psychopath, and you're like, that's awesome, but I'm so happy that's not me or like not my friend group to like <laughs> yeah, deal with. Right? Awesome. Yeah, that is, that is that is so wild. They just use like a, a hospital parking lot. There, West there Virginia no wasn't wasn't in the Big Twelve when you were playing, right, Quan? No, no, they weren't. Okay. So they, they just got happy, just got some relevance, and but I, honestly, TCU's in the same boat. Yeah, right. TCU. I mean, all and that's why some of these schools are throwing the biggest hissy fit, and we're like, listen, man. Y'all, y'all, y'all left somewhere to get to the Big 12. So now Texas is like, and y'all left for the same reasons. Mm-hmm. We're leaving because of SEC is a great conference. You can right. make more money and, and the way that landscape is, is shaping. So it's, it's, it's a little hypocritical for them to throw the hissy fits, but I, I, I get it. Yeah, Where do you think the hardest place that you played was when you played away? Oh, by far Lubbock. Lubbock? Really? And, and it was just because when we played them, we were, were always in the top 10. So they showed up. Um, we, y- y- y'all know this. When, when we went to different stadiums, even in Texas, our hotel, our bus drivers, they're decked out in UT. Lubbock never once abided by that. What they would do was put on gray. They wouldn't put on, you know, the black or red, their colors. They put on a neutral gray. And we even had to buy the neutral grays. And then, but they would never in a million years put on anything burnt orange. And that was at the hotel, you know, where we're taking over four store, four, four floors and paying them a bunch of money. But then when we went down to the stadium, it was always crazy. Just absolute crazy. Most of the time it was tortillas. At times it was batteries. At times it was other items. So they just crazy. always insane. Tearing down the field goal posts too. They do that all yeah. the time. It's hard to say, act like you've been there before when you're right. So, yeah, I'm a little empathetic from that standpoint. That's great. Yeah. I mean, I, I've never, I've never, I've never been to Lubbock. Nick, you've been, you've been there. No, I've never been to Lubbock either. Which really? is exactly why they're struggling to find a conference. <laughs> because a lot of people have never been to Lubbock and don't plan to go to Lubbock. Yeah. I was listening to the radio in town and I, I really heard one of our, I think he works on a internet sites or something like that. He said, that may have been the last time I've ever, I'll ever go to Lubbock in my life. And he's not, I mean, and he's, I think he's in his low forties. 
but that's is just the difference in kind of some of our cities versus the others. And if I if I ever put in our group text, boys, I'm in Lubbock. That's your cue to call for help. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that, that, that's our new code word. Hey, yeah. I'm in Lubbock. Yeah, we're in trouble. I'm gonna find a GPS nine one one. I'm sending somebody for you. <laughs> yeah, Lubbock or Morgantown? Oh, yeah, that's that's the real question. What a debate! I will happen. say. Texas Tech was the first school to accept me into college. I got an application accepted real quick. (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised about (laughs) that. And they probably were like, why did he apply here? It was like a two-day turnaround. I promise (laughs) you. It was crazy. You didn't even send the application. They're like, dude, don't even bother. We'll just accept you. You're good to go, man. Don't even sweat it. You're in. (laughs) The one school that has walk-up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We have walk-up folks. It's like a dock and it's like a dock in the box for college. Come on in, guys. Yeah, just as long as you have like some kind of you know health insurance, you're good to go. We got you. (laughs) (laughs) Don't even sweat it. Uh, Speaking of uh, health insurance, but not really. We have a new football coach. Um, Yeah, (laughs) 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 nothing like a weak transition. Um, (laughs) New football coach. We've been through since we've stepped on campus. This is our, our fourth coach that we've experienced. Um, obviously Quan, you co- you played under the great Mac Brown. Uh, we had Chuck strong, we had Herman, and now we have Sark. Um, a lot of expectations. What are these expectations though? First of all, cause I know they're high, but where are we sitting? Are we going, okay, it's playoff or bust. Are we going, it's big 12 or bust. Is there any kind of buffer room for Sark to get his feet wet? Because I, I will say this, this job is not for the faint of heart that we all know. <laughs> This is no. not some, this is not the Lubbock job. This never is not, was. It never was and no. never will be. This is one of the toughest jobs in all of sports. And say what you will about what they didn't do on the field, because Chuck and, you know, Herman failed what we expect them on the field, but expectations were high from the jump. And maybe I'm curious to see what you guys think, because I've always felt that's been a bit of an issue. Because yes, we are the Longhorns, but managing those expectations would have helped those coaches potentially achieve what we, what they set out to do because having such high standards from the jump, it just puts an unnecessary clock and unnecessary pressure on guys because to get in there, you have to, it's not like the NFL where it's like you could sign guys and there's draft picks coming. You kind of have to, it takes a bit of time to get your players up and ready to go. I mean, for, you know, if you're, for your freshman, it takes two or three years to get them to be upperclassmen um, really, and really serious contributors more often than not. So what are our expectations for Sark and what are some things I guess we can take away from the previous two guys uh, that he can learn from? Man, that's, that's, that's such a loaded question. There's, Very so, loaded, there's so many things, but really it's a fit. I think the reason I'm so high on Sark this early on is um, he, he fits. Uh, there's a lot of Mac Brown qualities. Uh, sure, there are expectations of wins and losses. But there's also a political element to being the head coach at UT um, that, that we have a pretty big and uh, lucrative donor base that like to be respected and known, and they like to come by practice and all, and all the things they like to do. Um, and, and you know what's funny about the expectations of UT? Um, Sometimes I, I share your perspective on it being a little crazy and a little high because, and not even just Texas, University of Texas, Texas football in general, the entire landscape of college ball, it needs to be better and, and get better. You take away our natty in 05, before then it was our natty in 1970. I mean, that's, like two national championships in you know 50 years by yeah. one school. And sure, we were the one to do it, but that's still not a lot. And we talk about going to the SEC, they have like seven in the last 10 years, if not eight. I think Alabama, yeah, Alabama six, maybe um five or six, too dang many to count. More than yeah. our more than our entire history. Yeah. So I, I think our expectations need to be a little more realistic at the same time. If you're making a bold move like we are, yeah, you better be in. In, you better be in the mix. I mean, so being a playoff, I, I'm not saying we're gonna get there. I do think 100 need to be in the Big 12 championships, and uh, and honestly, with the move that we just made, it needs to be Texas and know you at the Big 12 championship for sure. If you're the two top dogs and and you run this show, 
Iowa State doesn't need to be in the championship this year. TCU doesn't need to be in the championship because it only makes that move look a little more – it's going to make you look a little foolish on what you're doing. If you can't get – be the two top dogs in this conference, you're going over there and it's going to get even realer. So I think that's my kind of perspective and really in seeing Sark. I, him, Coach Beard, the coaches we've gotten, they have not shied away from saying Mm-mm. their expectations are, which is – kind of new and, and something I really, really like. So, um, yeah, I say certainly get to the Big 12 Championship. If you win it, that is icing on the cake. And you better believe that ESPN and Fox and CBS and, and all these all these uh, networks in college football want Texas to know you to be in the Big 12 Championship because that's the last one. I mean, that's the last hurrah. That's the big shebang. And obviously, if there's something big on the line where one of those teams is playing for a spot in the college football playoff, I mean, that's even bigger. But I think in terms of what you were saying, Josh, about all the Texas coaches that have come through with too high of expectations, the only thing I would say is like it's different than like rebuilding a whole franchise, right? It's not like baseball or football or basketball where you have to start from ground zero and build it right back up. I mean, we're still the University of Texas. We're still getting recruits. We're still getting these athletes. So, I mean, there are guys in place that were recruited probably by Bama that are now on Texas, you know, and by LSU that are Texas. So we still get talent. So I do think that those guys, you know, rightfully have those expectations at a big university like Texas. But I mean, if, if you're too hot or too scared, you know, stay out of the kitchen. Like it's just not, it's just not there. Yeah. It's always, I've always found it really interesting how coaches, especially at the collegiate level, because obviously there's so much more of just, them setting the table for the players than, than you see in the professional game, right? Where they're telling them how they should approach things. And we're going to have a huge target on our back every single game, right? I mean, <laughs> for sure. Week two, we're playing Arkansas, who's in the SEC. Like, you, you better believe they're going to want to beat us, right? That's obviously a longstanding rivalry as well. But every single game on the schedule, everyone's got it earmarked, right? They've got a big red circle around our name. Same thing with Oklahoma, especially because, you know, they're leaving too. But I wonder with all these high expectations that are always there at the University of Texas, like what the approach looks like. Is it better to just kind of take it day by day, do your job, not focus on on the big picture too much right now and just worry about the little things, worry about the details and make sure that you're you're fine-tuned in that capacity? Because I think if there was one criticism you know, that I could bring for Herman. It was that like, he was, he was looking too much on the horizon and he couldn't kind of rein, rein the guys in to focus on the now is the biggest and issue for sure. It's. Well, and then he played to his competition every time too. He coached to his right. competition, right. I guess his players behind his leadership coached to their competition. But dude, you said something that we have to touch on. So me being in Texas, I'm, and y'all reading up on all of this, there's two schools leaving the big 12. Kirk Herbstreit says something about it. Uh, Mac Rose, I just read somewhere he's, you know, throwing darts and talking smack. He's the, the Baylor athletic director. Why are we the only one getting hammered for the move? Oh, he was not taking anything. So true. It is all about it. Oh, and Mac Rose made a comment about, oh, well, I just think Texas think they're too big for the britches. And I think they're you know, actually smaller because of this move and all this just stuff. And you go on social media, it is Texas, Texas, Texas. Oklahoma is going to the SEC too. Why are they not getting hammered like we are? I just, it just comes with the, it's just, it is the target's always there. I mean, we're talking about this target on the back. It's always going to be there. The target has been there from day one. When you go into OU, Teams are either like, okay, the OU is better than us, or we have a chance. It's just like there's not the same allure as beating Texas. It's just a, it's a, like, know. like you talked about last episode, Juan. Like they're, they are technic, they are a smaller market. It is a smaller market. We exactly, we represent one of the biggest football teams. Forget football teams, though, sports programs, top seven, we're talking top five, in top seven in the world. Yeah. And, it's just, it's, it's uncomparable really. Like even as fantastic. And of course, I think this is, this is additionalized into that criticism is that Oklahoma has been very consistently good and winning the big 12 over the last seven years, 10 years. And that certainly has to do with our criticism, but really the main focus has to be because we always have that attention around us. And mm-hmm. no matter what happens with what we do in the sec in 10 years, whenever we have a big headline, it's still going to be on the front page of ESPN. Always. 
It's the same thing with like the Cowboys too, dude. It's like if you could the, the football team could be the best team in the NFC East, you still want to beat the Cowboys. The Tampa Bay Rays are the best team in the AL East in baseball. Everyone would rather beat the Yankees. There's just yeah. those, t- like, it's just how it is, you know, to cross sport it. And it just Texas football, just it is the allure. Even when we said it during our first episode, even when we're not at the top of our game, we still are the top dog, you know, at least, at least we're like a top three dog. And so, yeah, OU is not going to get the same amount of criticism. It's like OU, their wins are not as big and their losses are not as big. If they like, they lost, they went one and two to start the year last year. And everyone's like, okay, whatever. They'll be back. Rattler's just getting his feet wet. Like he's going to be fine. And he's a Heisman. He's the front runner for the Heisman this year. He's the front <laughs> right. runner for the first overall pick. And like, okay, like, you know, it's like they, they're easy to forgive and they're easy to forget for OU. If we started one and two last year, they'd be burning the house down. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, no, I think so non Texas fans like the whole Texas is back narrative more than anyone, right? Like, I, I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say I've never said that, but I say it <laughs> it's, in the last three years. I, I haven't said it a whole, a whole <laughs> hell of a lot. Said it a lot less than after, since the Sugar Bowl. That's for right. sure. It, that is for damn. Oh, sure. you did? Oh man, I didn't say it at all. I about fainted when Sam said it on the stage. I was like, no, bro, no, no, no. Uh, Relax. <laughs> Again, to y'all point, I was like, I was like, no, you already have enough. Like you said, target on your back. Don't add. Don't give bulletin board material. Don't don't do that. We still didn't win the Big 12 that year. Like, there's things that should be considered. So, no, yeah. man, that, that, your answer, y'all hit it on, hit the nail on the head. It's just it's fascinating to me. And, and that's exactly why, one, the Aggies are mad. And to a certain degree, oh, you hate us. They, they have way more Big 12 championships than we do. And yet, they're, I mean, it is as if almost they, they're not even a part of this move per the, the social media and kind of fan backlash. And it's, it's, it's why they love to hate us. So. Yeah. Funny. I well, got to, I got to listen to some OU podcasts to see if they're talking about the opposite here. Like, why yeah, are we, we have to do credit for this? Like, do people don't think we exist or what? Well, I'm going to tell you what's crazy. So, you know, actually groundbreaking thing this morning, I was on an interview with, dude, a year ago, I would have never said this in a million years. I had my very first serious interview with the SEC network this morning. That was so weird. And I'm going to tell you, because clearly before now, I'm like, I hate the SEC. By the way, I still do, but we're in it, so I I want to win it. But the excitement from these SEC, been following them for, you know, 10 years or more, it's really why we're hated so much, because they loved it. They, They said that. They said, you know, I think we've done pretty good as a conference. We feel like we're the number one conference. We, we're fine without it. But they said, there's no doubt in the world this just made us the super conference that we always have believed. And it really is confirmation on their end. If you add a Texas and certainly a Texas and OU um, to the conference. So that was pretty crazy to hear their level of excitement and fired up. Because, I've again, the more we all talk about it, I get more and more fired up and ready to go to a game, but to hear their side of it, who has this SEC kind of cannibalistic love or kissing cousins love for the conference. Yeah, there we go. Now oh, say it for what it really is. <laughs> the kissing cousins love for the conference. They were pumped, man. I mean, they already love us. I mean, I'm sure that'll change if we if we take care of business, but the, the, the way they were talking, I mean, they're already – Crazy to think that some at least media members are pulling for Texas this year yeah. who cover the SEC. And that I, wild. It happened oh, to yeah. me last week. I did ESPN Chattanooga last week. I they had me on. They jumped, jumped. Yeah, I know. I mean, it was like crazy. You best believe the entire SEC is gonna be rooting for Texas and OU all season long. So we <laughs> yeah. got some more fans right now for this well, season. That's true. I mean, they look, they it's like I've always been and Clon, I actually would love to hear your opinion on this too, because we've kind of this is something that's been a long-standing question on our other show just with people talking about in general the whole an nfl team would lose to a college team because in my mind it's virtually impossible that that could could ever happen and i I always hated people saying that the sec was the nfl light it's not the nfl light even close but it's a, at least with us two teams moving there, it's a step closer to being. It did change the game. Yeah, it does change the game a I, little bit. That the like age old oh who has the best conference? I think, I think objectively most people over the last fifteen years would say the SEC 
is the best conference, With but the butt. margin is a lot slimmer than you think it is. Yeah. And yeah. now, objectively, away. objectively, it's not. It, you can't make the comparison with any. It's not even close. It, it, it's it's right. not even close. And, right. and, and the thing about it, because we, we even talked a little bit about it, and I was talking to my Aggie colleague today, and I was like, "Listen, bro," he's like, "You're the SEC this," and I said, "Listen, take Alabama out of the SEC. Y'all normal as hell." Like really normal. And you had that one year LSU. And even he, I said, bro, y'all finally had a nine and one season. Your first one in 70 years. But the rest of the team, it it took means more and and they do get good recruits. But bowl season, I said it last week, we typically win bowl season every year. Um, per percentages and games and all the above. So yeah. they're they're good and it does mean more. The thing is, what I think people forgot is not on the field. It means more in the stands. Mm-hmm. It means more in the different cities. I will never, I mean, like I said, I, I hated that saying because it was true. Um, I love UT to death, but there was a long time we had the golf claps. You go to one of these stadiums and they're they're crazy. Like They are wild. They're yeah. there at six in the morning for a 7 p.m. night game. They're drunk by lunch, take a nap, throw up, and do it again. That does mean more. So that's little things like that is where it's just – it's wild. And, and certainly one conference does that better than everyone. It's funny. Do, too. do you think that with that, our fans look at those those fans and how they act, and maybe that brings a little bit of that culture into Texas fandom? Like, Because I'm hoping that Dude, is the case. Yes, you know? that's what I'm hoping for. That's exactly what we were talking about. I said, man, we have to raise our game. On so yeah. many levels, our fandom, our NIL. I mean, Nick Saban's in San Antonio, San Antonio the other day talking about his quarterback who's never put, made a play, who's already working on a million dollars worth of endorsements. Sure, I've had a couple of guys in, at UT hear about them having an opportunity, but not like that. No. You don't have, you know, Stark saying, you know, we're going to worry about this, but B. John Robinson already has a million dollars. I haven't heard about him having 20000 yet. And so SEC is light years ahead of us for other reasons in the whole NIL world. <laughs> They've been uh, taking care of their players, right. in my opinion, for a long time. That was, a, that, was a recru- <laughs> that was a recruitment pitch in itself, though. He goes, yeah. all he has to do is be like, hey, yeah, by the way, our quarterback who's never started a game is making a cool mill so far. <laughs> yeah. And every quarterback kid in the country goes, oh, that's nice. Well, I would love to make a million dollars my freshman year. There was one thing I wanted to bring up on this, but just – you know, we had a guy that recruited with Texas, decommitted, re-recruited with Ohio State. Yours. And you were, Quinn, yours is yeah, forgoing his, his senior year of high school so, to go compete. Crazy. This is, I think this is the first, I read something, this is like the first time in like, I, maybe ever. I, ever I can't, on the football side. It's ever, right? Where basketball, basketball, they do it all. all basketball. Three, three five-star QB recruits are all in the same QB room. It's, yeah. it's, it's crazy, That's but wild. I don't blame it because of the, the Texas state rules in regards to the NIL and Quinn Ewers is going to be able to get some money. Absolutely. And, and I was, I was talking to one, our UIL people, because in Texas, we blame UIL for a lot. Right. So I gotta, I gotta take up for my UIL folks in Texas. That is a Texas state law, not right. a UIL thing. And, and I'm gonna be honest. I didn't know that either, but having a talk to Dr. Elza, she's like, no, we get blamed, but it's not us. Um, now they still have some things to work out because this is changing the landscape of their world as well. And, and think about that. Quinn years, he is in South Lake, Texas. He oh, doesn't have a need for anything. So what do you think the poor or kids who are truly struggling are going to think or consider about their senior year in high school oh, yeah. or what's going to happen in the NIL? It's like, and, and by the way, they don't need a meal. Dude, when I was coming out of high school, I basically lived this life. I went to baseball because we were pretty poor. I could I changed my family's entire life by choosing baseball for a few years. And of course, I ended up coming back from my education. But think about it's not about a meal. You know what $50,000 will mean to some of these families that their kids are good enough and God gave them good enough ability to play ball. So it's man, it's about to be wild, man. And it's gonna only get crazier, especially once football season starts and you actually see the players a lot more. We've been we're post-COVID craziness, and you haven't really been able to get out and see people like you, like you, you wish you could, but mm-hmm. it's all about to be over. And you're seeing these level moves, unfortunately, for, for the semi-peers that, that, are, that is in us, this thing is going to be a, a, 
a fraction of free agency. And, and I heard people say that before, and I, I thought it was a little reach. I don't know, man. It's, true. it's starting to get real. It's true. I mean, those big programs have such an edge compared to the smaller programs now. I mean, Ohio State's going to market the hell out of viewers. And he's going to, I mean, I, I I think he's going to get a job here within the next, not maybe this year, but the year after that. I mean, he's like this. I guess second highest recruit since Trevor Lawrence, right? Like yeah, he's he's really Jamie he's the real deal. Luck. Well, that's that's there it is. That's the proof of the pudding right there because he might not even start for them, and he's going to be able to make a significant amount of dollars before he even steps on the field, and they'll make money off him plan. too. Live snaps. Oh, they'll certainly make money off him. Make a they'll damn make a penny off of him too. They'll make money. Uh, it, I, it's crazy. It, this is being brought up because I don't I don't know why I didn't mention one of my first inclinations, like first thoughts like when the whole NIL thing broke was I went to the Patrick Willis E60. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. It's just basically like a small, it's like a YouTube. You could go watch it. I think it's actually not like an E60 feature. So it's not as long. It's like 12 minutes. And it's just about his upbringing, which I'll always remember watching it and calling my my old man and being like, I've never, that was one of the scariest, craziest things I've ever been watched in my life. It was one of those real things. And one of my first thoughts when I was like, a guy like that, he was like in high school taking care of his like seven siblings, not the spoilers, yeah. like taking care of his whole family. Nope. Like a guy like that change. It's like I, a world that, you know, like it's like a complete flip flop. So a guy like when Saban goes, oh, yeah, Bryce Young made a mill. Everybody, if you thought people wanted to go to Bam beforehand, that's the crazy thing. And I think that's why like, to kind of bridge it back to Sark. A thing that Saban's always Saban and Bama and every the whole conglomerate have always embraced the bad guy. You want us to lose? Cool. Come watch us lose. We double. We, we dare you. Come beat us. Come on. This. You want us to lose? All right. You're gonna. Have, you're going to have to beat up. Beat us because we're not going to beat ourselves. And Herman, he had some exciting moments, but so often we beat ourselves. Whether it be in oh. special teams, whether it be in penalties, whether it just not being a disciplined football team. And like Toss, you said it absolutely the best because he's looking he's looking at third down when we're on first down he's looking at the fourth quarter when it's the second quarter he's two steps ahead of himself not the competition and that was always a major knock i had on him and I yeah but like- he had his binder he had his green binder that, that was <laughs> it gave him the analytical get that kick the freaking field goal when you're not scoring he just he i, I honestly i can't even tell you yes y'all are right but it's still, you have to, as I say, you have to respect the game as well. You have to respect the game, man. It's, you, you get these extra chances. You get a turnover in the red zone and you go three and out. What in the hell tells you you're going to get it on a four time? Kick the field goal, get, get the points. points, take advantage of that opportunity. How many games did he lose by three or less than a touchdown? He never really got blown out. That's the other crazy part. Never. Tom Armour's team never really got blown out. Right, but, which made his decisions that much more important. So yeah. it's, it's wild. Well, and like you said, it was just because we always played to our competition, right? And that is never the telltale sign of a championship team. No. Never. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to the, the biggest, the most telling game in the upcoming season for me, realistically, is going to be Iowa State because this Iowa State football team's good. Like Purdy's back. He's like he may not be the NFL prospect we all thought he was going to be after his sophomore year or freshman year. Uh, they have they have Hall, who as good as Bijan Robinson is, could be the best running back in the Big Twelve or second best, you know, behind our guy. And they're a little, and Campbell. I th- I've always thought Matt Campbell is a great head coach. I've always thought he's done a great job with that program with not a lot. And I always thought the NFL should come knocking. I guess they haven't, or I guess he doesn't want to go, and he's happy there. Oh, I think he's turned them down. I know he hasn't. Yeah, at least they made some calls, but it's so interesting that you said that because y'all remember the quote post game that Iowa State said. And I think it was Brees Hall who said it. And this is so Campbell and why he, all of us, I mean, you just have to love that guy. He does it right. Mm-hmm. He's a heck of a coach. He chose Iowa State over other big schools and some say even the NFL. Five-star players versus five-star culture. Dude, that that hits home. That's some real ish yeah. right there, baby. And that's, again, and they they he's con- – it's crazy as you say consistently. I guess the, I think the overall record is like thirteen and two or something like that. But that's thirteen and two too much uh, ultimately. And so, um, yeah, no, that that's that's a huge game. It's got an absolute game. massive game. Yeah. yeah, if we look, if we drop to OU, it's devastating. But look, it's OU. They've been winning. 
if we if we drop a game, like forget even forget TCU, which last year was like, I, there's a lot of lack of defensive adjustments oh. where like when Mitchell went out of that game last year and we f- just took away the spy and Duger kept running up the gut like at free will, like it was Madden, you know, <laughs> and he was Michael Vick and this was what we what year was that? Oh four, and it was oh yeah, four, and he's just running up the middle for like free ball in it and no adjustments. There was this year. It's Iowa State. We ha- if we beat Iowa State, and look, I'm going to be bummed if we lose to OU, but if we beat Iowa State, in my mind, that tells me that we're at least going to the Big 12 championship because that's right. our biggest threat. If we want to get to that goal of at least being in the Big 12 championship in Stark's first year, it's beating Iowa State. And I think that mentality of like, hey, we have that target on the back and we're going to own it. Just put it on the front. Look what's in the eye and come get us. Yeah. And we're going to learn a lot about the players this year. You know, the more I think about it, every team, we always have that target on our back, but every team plays a lot better when they see that burn orange. We're going to get that X of three because of the exit. Honestly, per perception, that's going to be the SEC every every week. So this is a good tester, in my opinion, kind of the farewell season that are you going to rise to the occasion and compete on a level and and impose your will? Are you going to? bow down and, and get slapped around the field. So it's, I think it's actually a really good kind of yeah. tester before you get into that, that SEC world. Yeah. The Kentucky, I don't know who the head coach for Kentucky is, but whenever we enter the SEC, he's not saying, Hey guys, let's, uh, let's take it easy on Texas. They're, <laughs> they're new to the SEC. Let's, let's welcome them. There are new brothers. Like let's welcome them in. Let's make this one easy. Well, We'll put no everyone's they're, coming they're out for blood too. every single game, yeah. and it's not gonna it's not gonna change until we go to the SEC and, and win and right. and, and and really earn our respect there. Um, so I, I think one thing that obviously is Mark Stoops, by the way, is it? Yeah, Mark is it really? Yeah. Wow, uh, that's it's, yeah, Mark. Oh, yeah, he really wants to whip Texas 100%. Thank you, thank you. Didn't mean to clearly. Uh, so I think one thing that's going to be instrumental is defining who the the quarterback, our, our, our starting quarterback is going yeah. into the season. Obviously we we've, we've got two incredibly talented guys in Hudson and, and Casey, but I think, uh, Quan, is there any insight that you have? I, from my, I, I always, I was talking to Josh about this before. I was like, I want to see what our rumor mill how that meets your rumor mill. And I am sure <laughs> yours is way more informed than ours, but, uh, but I've, I've heard Hudson's looked really great and he's got a, a great connection with, with Josh Moore. Um, who's obviously, you know, looks to be probably our wide receiver one next year, such a talented guy. What, what, what are you thinking? What have you heard? Man, by the way, so because I did the radio last year, his mom, his mother would get really mad. Joshua Moore. We said Josh Moore a couple of times, and we got scolded. So <laughs> my Joshua mom and his mom, Moore. my yeah, mom and his mom are the same thing. I it's like I, McConaughey. McConaughey doesn't. He got slapped for uh, uh, responding to Matt. His mom called because <laughs> I named you Matthew. Well, that's I, someone like just quick side note before we answer Quan. Some we had we had McConaughey on our other podcast in January, and we didn't show was Matthew McConaughey. Just, you know, like gets whatever his name, and you know, someone else that I knew had him on his show like a friend of a friend also had him on a show and called him Matt McConaughey oh. and the interview went ice cold. Apparently he just didn't like it. And like, that's like, I, I go professionally, like my name, like jo- I would go Joshua Fisher. Cause that's what my mom named me. You know but, the, and, but, but hold on. Matthew McConaughey. That's his brand now. What the heck? I know. How could thinking? he? Yeah. First of all, you're not that cool. With right. 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 Well, that's, like, well, that's what he <laughs> thought. He was like, I'm going to buddy up with McConaughey. Just call him by his, Call him by his last name because that's exactly. that's that's what he goes by. That's what he well, calls he everyone else. Because like, he, yeah. he wants to be an athlete so bad, and that's kind of what <laughs> athletes do. So right, but you call him McConaughey, he can he can relate to that. But yeah, I'm sure we can get away with. Board was thinking. I, Jay, no, Jay no, 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 friend of a I'm friend sure we can get away with Jay Moore. Moore. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, that's not my boy. I'm McConaughey's boy. I'm Team McConaughey. Yeah, McConaughey's sure. more our boy than that. <laughs> than that guy, <laughs> right. For sure. And look, look, just like as you're in the you're a radio host. You may never get to intro the guy again. Like, really own it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is what a botched opportunity. What, what, what does it mean? You had one job. <laughs> you had one job. That's yeah. it, man. You had one job. No, man, going into it on the quarterbacks. So the insight I have is what I saw at the bowl game. Um, ultimately, they, they both got playing time. 
Uh, Casey certainly got a lot more than, than Hudson at the time, but Casey's earned it. You know, Casey's been there a few years and, and he came in and let's be real. Not only did he get playing time, he lit it up when he got in there. And you can say, oh, the competition was bad. Well, it was, one, it was another power five school, but then two, some of the throws, I don't care who was out there, they were just on that level to where you appreciate it. And we've seen his wheels. I mean, he, Sam, Bam Bam Sam was awesome when he ran, but he doesn't have Casey's wheels. And so then you fast forward to Hudson. When he came in, he made plays as well, and he had a heck of a spring. And, and, and the thing about that is all new coaches, they didn't watch or coach the bowl game. It's a clean slate. And so I went to a few practices uh, in the spring, and I'll be real. I saw Casey one a day, and then I saw Hudson one a day. Um, and, and truly, who I saw the most consistent winning is this little guy called B. John Robinson. So both <laughs> of them better hand it off to him. And then, honestly, from a receiver standpoint, Joshua Moore did well. He got a little banged up. And then, of course, uh, my man in Cuero, um, Whittington, Jordan Whittington. So, man, they're going to have some weapons. It's really going to be this, in my opinion, is Sark's playbook is <laughs> a, a little bit more extensive than, than Herman's was, regardless <laughs> of the um, office of love that he at least got pre-UT. Pre and who's going to adjust to that the most? Who's going to lead? Um, they both have those qualities. It's, it's going to be wild, man. It, it truly is because of their similarities. Uh, they actually, I mean, you know, We've heard, even at the University of Texas, some heated quarterback battles. Um, you saw it with uh, Major and, and Sam's back in the day, Vince and um, Mock, and and then even, you know, even Colton Sneed, which R.I.P. Sneed, unfortunate thing to happen with him. But uh, so far, outside of maybe Sims, the guy who won, it ended up being the right pick. And, and so I'm, I think Sark more than anybody – his, his resume, he has a pretty good feel for, for what's going to work in his system and how it's going to work out. I'm just so happy because I have I don't want to say this and then it'd be what I hate, but I hate, hate, hate more than anything in the world when a team or when we even go into the game one and it's like we're rolling out two guys. Oh, no, no, that, that, that can't work. It's my least favorite thing. I, I even like we were playing Notre Dame. Playing Notre Dame. Tyrone like, Swoops and Gerard Hurd. Back then, and but, forth. They, but guess what? Notre Dame did it too with, with, did. Ki with Kaiser and Malik Zaire. And even as a fan of the other team, I was like, what are y'all doing? Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Out? Like, you had, you had not only the summer, but you had the spring to pick a quarterback. <laughs> right. Like, you're not right. confusing well, anybody but yourselves. And, it, and yeah. I think ultimately, and receivers. ultimately <laughs> and it, receivers, does, yeah. it does a disservice to Bijan because yeah. it makes it in my mind, very obvious. It, it just, you, it just makes it obvious because you know, we're going to rely on him anyway, put someone in there who can just give them all the decisions to make. And, and the tough thing is that like, you of course never want to give the keys to the kingdom to someone who doesn't have the locker room. And so one thing I don't know is like, which of those guys are, are the other guys gravitating towards, um, True. And, and most of the time that's, that's happening to the guy that's vocal, but also the guy that's getting it done on the field. And the good thing about this in comparison to, you know, to swoops and herd and, um, and I know, I know that Tyrone was a fantastic leader and, and that's a lot of the reason why he got so much run in between that quarterback battle. But we also saw it earlier in our collegiate, um, years when David Ash and, and case McCoy, like yeah. in it, in those, there just felt like that the split decision was a lack of decision, right? That it wasn't because they were both incredibly talented. And I'm glad we're in this position, but I do want to see some certainty because I think that as far as like getting ahead of yourself, that's one of those things that I see that, you know, day one, starting two quarterbacks, that's one of those getting, you're, you're getting ahead of yourself because right. you're already thinking about like, we're going to have one of them play into the starting position instead of making that decision on day one and saying, this is our team. This is our guy. I'd like to believe that Sark is not going to do that. I like to <laughs> right. that's like, why I started off. Like, we're sitting here like we're going to have one. Of I just don't want it. Like it's a great problem to have. Like we've been saying, the only issue would be because Hudson's a major recruit, and I these guys could transfer tomorrow. And look, you know, I just, but I, this is my thing. How do we change that culture? Um, because Alabama has four guys on the bench who are all four and five stars too. 
we really need to work on that piece of it. And honestly, that takes me to 100% my opinion of it. Casey was here and other quarterbacks were on the roster. They didn't win the job. They transferred. Casey stayed here, Huge which guy. is why if it started tomorrow, he would be my guy. You know, of course, you have to play, you have to play who gives you the best chance. And we don't fully know that yet. Or at least right. we don't. Maybe they do. But for loyalty and that cultural perspective and then having the locker room, to me, he I, I'm following that dude right here who stayed when everybody else took off or ran or and, and look at them now. What position are they in? What situation? They're at Utah. They're at whatever. We had the kid from Duncanville transfer. We actually had two backup quarterbacks transfer to Utah. Don't really understand that. I don't know what they're doing in Utah. But um, the uh, so that, that's why we have to change that culture, too. The fear, fear gets in the way. And I, I was watching a movie the other day, and they said something about fear. And it's like the ones that get hurt are the ones who get scared. Play that dude that's going to get you ready. If someone transfer, I'm to the mindset that, bye, because there's some schools who winning a lot. They don't worry about that. Right. I mean, you had Tua and his brother and everybody else behind him. The next guy has a Heisman opportunity in one year. You have 15th uh, overall pick. 15th overall pick. One the year. guy from Clemson. Clemson. Um, you have um, Trevor Lawrence, one of the best. I mean, again, per measurables and all the above, maybe the best draftee. As you know, they're talking him bigger than Peyton Manning. And yeah. he had a five-star guy behind him. Yeah, DJ. There's no transferring. So yeah. we need to change that mindset, too, of being afraid of these. Hudson, you're an Austin kid. If you transfer because you didn't win the job. It's also going to be your job next year anyway. And then you right. have a year mean, to learn the playbook. Right. That's the thing. Is it's, not, exactly. it's, not college, it's not college basketball. It's college football. You right. have to be there for three years. So there's plenty of time for you to develop and still become a highly touted recruit for the NFL draft by staying at a program. We just saw it's it's a good example and also a bad example because he did transfer. But Joe Burrow, all it needed, all he needed was one year to become the number yeah. one pick. He just needed one year. You don't need three years like Trevor Lawrence. Right. Trevor Lawrence looked better after his first year than he did after his second year. But that's everybody though. Kyler, yeah. Baker, Joe. They only all needed one year. Right. Yeah. It, yeah, whoever, and whoever it's gonna be, this kid is gonna be one year or two or two years. There's, I mean, look, I there's a ton of those guys have had success from transferring, and then you look at the flip side, a guy like Tate Martell who's transferred three times, right? Oh, and everyone's yeah. looking at him like a I think it's fourth stuff. now, isn't it? I mean, well, he yeah. committed to A and M, decommitted, went to Ohio State, then transferred to Miami, now is transferring to UNLV. Jesus. So like, it's it's a nightmare. But you know, I think an underrated thing as well. I mean, obviously Hudson's from Austin, but Casey's also from Oklahoma City. Right. He was committed His to OU, I think, and he flipped. Yeah. He flipped to Texas. Yeah. And so you better believe that Casey wants to have at least one crack at OU by the time he finishes college. And I think that's the guy who probably has the most leadership skills on the team because you're right. He's been there longer. And this is his last opportunity to really kind of showcase himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I totally agree, man. I, it's a, we've said it a million times. It's a really good problem to have because there was times in the past pre-Sam that we didn't know who was going to be there. Right. And then they certainly was wasn't. Oh, yeah. oh, he really was. And and so, uh, and now we're back in this, this space where, you know, we have guys and, and to the point of even Casey, it gets a little weird because if Huston gets it, now Casey's been passed up on several times. And that would be really strange considering we've seen what he's done in mm-hmm. game. So it's like, uh, what the heck is going on? He was Some guys aren't practice players. But when the lights come on, they ball out. And that's exactly what we saw in San Antonio. So, man, it's it's all kinds of stuff, storylines and all the above. But uh, and like I said, I, I don't know how it's going to work itself out, but I'm, I clearly have a soft spot for Casey Per for sure. his road to this point. Well, yeah, that's a, sure. I mean, you, the great. The road is a great point. And then I will say the eye test. One eye test I always go by is not so much on the field, but if I'm watching with a group of people, can a player captivate the room? I was at a bar in Austin, Lavaca Street Bar. I even remember where I was for that game. <laughs> Lavaca Street Bar in Austin. Casey steps on the field. There's a group of us on the patio hanging out, chit-chatting, catching up. And then 10 minutes into him being on the field, he's captivated the bar. Yeah, That's a different Especially. kind of eye test. I mean, and he, I will say this. Whoever the quarterback is, I think Bijan's our best offensive player. And I really think from what I've seen, another kind of eye test thing, if he's healthy, I think Weddington's our second best yeah. offensive player. Yep. Because what he can do and his versatility, he is like 
He's a freak. He's like the thick. He's like the thunder. Percy Harvin. Like Percy Harvin's the lightning. Yeah. Percy Harvin. Whittington's like the thunder. And like Ooh, I like that yeah. a lot. I like that a whole lot. And so much Sark with his creativity, you can do with him. Oh, but this guy also played quarterback in high school, so he could chunk it a little bit. You could put him back there, get creative, get crazy. All the things you saw with Devontae Smith, they're very different players, but you can see certain levels of concepts or packages going with Jay Witt and. And Josh, I'm telling you, how it captivated that bar, dude, San Antonio was beside itself. I mean, walking up and down the sands, I'm like, again, you couldn't say it because Sam's hometown, he's the man, he's all the above. But was, unfortunately, you some did say it after being lubed up on that drink. Why hasn't this guy been playing? <laughs> yeah. And it's just, and, and, and we all know why. And, and Sam, was a starter, should have been the starter, is the man. He's going to be a legendary Longhorn. But even for you to play on a level to get that question asked, knowing how much we love Sam, that oh. tells you how you perform and, and, and the show that you put on. Yeah. Our head, coach was, our head coach was out. Sam was done. That was his last game. Our head coach was going to be fired. We knew it. It was over. And it's another kind of revival. It, the guy came in and like injected himself. I think it's kind of like <laughs> – this is a, uh, it's like the measure of a, a of reference. a great program, right? No, the measure of yeah. like, <laughs> of a high profile college football program is when a drunk guy at the bar sees the backup quarterback step up and go, well, dang, that, that guy might be better than their starter, right? <laughs> like I, I was, at the, I was at that, that college football semifinal where LSU destroyed Oklahoma and beat him in the first half and, and Rattler got some run in that game and, and Hertz was, he was great. Don't, 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 you know, don't get it twisted. Like he was still really, really good. The Tigers were just better in that game. They were better than everyone that season, but Rattler made some throws where all the people around me watching that game were like, Whoa, different. Yeah. They were like, Whoa, this guy, he's seeing stuff that that no one else is. And it's it's the same thing that we saw in Alabama, right? When Tua got to step up, like it's the same thing again and again from these really big programs. So I'm glad that we're, we're finally at a point like Again, like I want to make the distinction that this decision between these two guys is very different than it has been for the last eight, like eight years. As long as right. Hudson, if he loses the job, like, like what you're saying, though, like these guys coming in, they look good because they have time to alloc- allocate time to their offense and learn the offense. As long as yeah. Hudson just is cool with it and goes, okay, I'm up next. He'll have yeah, that. But, but here's the thing. Is he up next? Because you got Malik Murphy knocking on the door. Know what I'm saying? I like it. It's competition, man. Good. That's the it, NFL. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't care where you're drafted. If you're not drafted in the top 20 in the NFL, you're fighting for your – yeah, even first-rounders at the end of the draft and going into the second round, you're fighting for your job every freaking day, and they have to have that. That's the culture and the mindset we have yeah. to get back at yeah. Texas. When I went to UT, I never – fortunately, came back older and ended up starting my freshman year, but I never expected to. I wanted to go in and work and prove myself, but Mac Brown had it so loaded that it was like, oh, that's why we didn't get Adrian Peterson. He didn't want to get behind Benson. Everybody said, oh, Mac missed on him. No, he didn't. Mac was honest with him and said, I have my starter. You're going to play. You're that good. But we have a guy. He's Top pretty freaking pick. good. Top five pick. <laughs> He's pretty good. Yeah. And so that was the, that was the mindset we love. And, and, and again, Adrian had, a, you know, AD had a great career. But those situations are, are where we need to get back to. And I got another example of that, of the guy coming in, which, thank the Lord, this guy, this actually never happened. I don't know what Kirby Smart was doing, but I remember looking at Fromm and Fields before he transferred. And I was like, and Fromm was awful at, at, you know, through the second, the first half, and Fields just came out just flicking the ball, joking around. And I was like, oh, crap. They're about to put that kid in. Why is that kid not? In? He didn't even, he, it wasn't even in the game. But I was like, what, what are they even thinking? And he really never played. And thank goodness we got a big win over SEC school in New Orleans. <laughs> but it, you can just tell. And, and those are, to, to your point, we're, Toss, we're back to that. We're back to yeah. these situations yeah. where. We, we may have a couple of guys who can truly get it done. Good problem to if, have. If the conversation yes, when recruiting guys can get to a point, I know it's not as simple as this, but where you point to someone like Trey Lance, right? And I know he's on, he's on a tiny program, 
that guy did not get a lot of burn in college football. Like he did, he just straight up didn't play a lot of games, and he was the third overall pick in the NFL draft. They will find you if you were that talented. So be okay with taking a seat for That's two good. years because it's a, only going to make you better. Point. Like you just and we just the culture has to be there. The ship has got to be tight. And when guys come in that they know they're going to win, they know they're going to get better by playing with guys that are ready to grab their hard hat and their lunch pail and go to work. Like that's <laughs> yeah. That's well, basically, Sark, and Sark's going to be all over. We we had a conversation. Uh, it was snowpocalypse, and we were doing this give back to kids with cold and a bunch of folks. And we just had a side conversation. It's like, Q, what do you think? I said, Sark, you have the Jimmys and Joes, you have the bodies, you have the measurables. I was like, you look on paper. We have pretty good guys on there. I was like, if you can get between their ears, you're going to really like what you have. And that's what it's about. And that's when you say that the right culture, the, the right things, the, the, the right mindset, game day mindset. Um, don't play to your competition. If you think you're inferior, prove it. I mean, if you think, if you, think you can go freaking, you know, if you think they are less than, prove it. And that's where we've been failing from a leadership, even to coaching and all the rest of it from, from that standpoint. And, and I know he's been a hard, hardcore, not in a, Oh, we did a competition and the good guys eat steak and the bad guys eat burnt toast. That's the most amateur hour bull crap I've ever heard of in my life. Not to worry about what their pea color is. What the heck are you doing on the freaking? Yeah, are you prepared? Do you have the mindset? Dude, it was, I mean, it was amazing. If you, we sit back now and we're like, Literally, Coach Brown had a saying, don't worry about, you know, uh, rat poop when you're surrounded by elephant poop. And he said it in a different way. <laughs> but don't worry about rat turds when you're surrounded by elephant poop. And unfortunately, I think our last guy was way too worried about rat turds and the elephant poop. He kept slapping him across the face. Forgot and, the, uh, I forgot the urine thing. That was bizarre. Oh, dude. It was just so much weird stuff. Like, when are you building, uh, you know, plays and and the game plan you're so focused on all the wrong things it's a lot of piss to check there's like nice <laughs> it was so weird man it, it was really was herman still in the first stall yeah dude like on our 40th guy it's like been three hours already <laughs> i will say when i was there with chuck strong there were still like pieces of paper above the the urinals that showed you your color piss what it should be so oh dude and i'm cool with that that's this especially during camp and all of that but by putting it in front of the stall, that's you right. having the, 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 hey, okay, I need to check this and make sure I'm good. If you have to babysit someone going and look at them pee, you have a problem. You have a very big problem in their mindset because we have to take care of ourselves. And we want to some, get to Some may pee. call you perverted. <laughs> Lots <laughs> may call you perverted. I was here, Coach would have been in there watching me pee. I'm like, dude. Get out of here. <laughs> so, so Herman, uh, time's up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, dude, uh, there's, can you leave the restroom? Uh, yeah. It's a little weird. Especially, <laughs> when, especially when you get here and you've been kissing Houston players on the cheek. Come on, man. It's a yeah. little too much for me. Yeah. Exactly. But no. Then it, yeah, it all starts adding up. And we're yeah. like, all right, thanks for What are we here to well, do? Are we here doing football games? <laughs> all right, make friends. Um, <laughs> Well, on that note, boys, uh, another great episode in the books. We're here every Monday recording, Tuesday dropping. Um, it's August. We're here. Dude, it is. I mean, I we're going to have to talk about it next time because I know we wanted to get into the bills possibly oh, coming yeah. this way. And I, I, I'll tell you, I, we probably we don't need to talk about it because this is what I'm saying. I think you're just using us. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any realness oh, to yeah. it. Uh, Jerry Jones would have a lot to say about that. So, but Austin FC is the biggest party in Austin right now. So I want to go. I know Austin was supported, but uh, yeah. I just don't think there's our, our city is going to get a lot of love across all yeah. major league sports for the oh, next yeah. 10 it's years. Got to be as, considered for every yeah. expansion as yeah. the destination. Well, that so, Austin FC entrance was the most banging thing I've seen. Yeah. Matt, Matt had a good time. Oh, Matt in the manga. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that green suit. Who is his tailor? Good Lord. That orange suit is so swag that he wears to the basketball games. I want to. I would definitely want an orange suit for sure. And he has enough money to get a new one every year, but he wears the same one for several years. Which kudos to him, I guess. But yeah, oh, I mean that's okay. so that's still his personality. Just it is. Same yeah, he wears that same jacket he wore in 05. I, I saw it. I think a game or two. I mean, maybe two years ago, and I'm like, 
dude, that's the same jacket. It has holes in it now. It's run down, but oh, he doesn't care. Yeah, he doesn't care at we're, all. We're pretty sure that he wasn't wearing pants during our I interview. Know he wasn't. Wearing pants. <laughs> oh he lifted God. his knee. He lifted his knee. His knee was bare. <laughs> so <I'm> like, <laughs> definitely shorts. I, if it wasn't. Yeah. I was like, I was like, thanks for joining us. Like, you know, are you wearing pants? <laughs> That is so freaking hell. But hey, he's one of ours, baby. And he yeah, loves yeah, some oh, yeah. That's it, man. All right. Well, gents, hook him horns. We'll see you next time. Fans out there, get your horns up because we're going for it. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.